Hello, Assalamualaikum. Hope you're all safe, sound, and healthy. And we begin the discussion of what it is to be desis all over again. Although I think we have probably discussed this in so many ways, but when it, nothing changes, then the only way you can do anything about it is to just keep repeating yourself like a broken tape. Um, and mind you, when I talk about desis, I'm talking about the whole subcontinent. Mind you, uh, America's got nothing on us when it comes to interracial connections and relationships because we are essentially a byproduct of centuries of interracial mixing and mixing of different ethnicities. So yeah, we're way ahead of you there. So, although we are byproducts of so many uh, races and ethnicities, essentially we are desis because our roots, you know, we belong to the same roots. And what makes you a desi? How do you know that you're a real desi? Number one, no matter what shit is going on in your life, you will always look at another person's life as if you don't have a life. You will always poke your nose where, where it doesn't belong. And you always have something to say about their lives and some judgment to give as if you are not right now going through the exact same thing. Everybody will think that, no, in my case it's different. They, no, 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 they, they need to be judged. So, you're also a desi if you cannot begin and end a conversation with marriage and kids, you are also not a desi if you think that a man or a woman who is single has no life. And so you make sure to take steps that they have no life. You make them prisoners of your own liabilities while you go find a life for yourself. You know you're a desi when you think that food is everything. You're a foodie. So anything and everything to do with food, everybody will always think that the food that they make is the best. And they will always find fault with the cooking methods of the other person or another family. Another weird uh, thing which I've found, which might apply to other countries and other cultures and other societies, but because I have had the honor of spending two decades here, I have found that our people have this weird thing about the me thing. Everything's about me. So everybody wants to be heard, listened, and understood. Everybody thinks that everybody else should do something for them, you know, and they feel that that is part of either being a family or friendship or whatever, but they're never there for you. So they always want you to be there for them, but they are never there for you. Everybody seems to think that it's okay how they talk to you, 
but if you lash back, you're the bad guy. Suddenly you're rude and you're offensive when actually for the past half hour they have been rude and offensive and you were just bearing it and when you decide not to bear it anymore, you became rude and offensive. Yeah, that is that is in a special desi trait. You know that you're a desi when you will always look at what the other person has and never be thankful for what you have. It doesn't matter if you have all the wealth in the world. You will look at that one thing that that person has and you will question yourself, you will question that person, you will question God, you will question your destiny as to why that person has that thing. There is that. And some of the most fruitful things about living in Desi land, living in the subcontinent, is money spent on education is not an investment. Money spent on skills is not an investment. Money spent on talent is not an investment. It is practically throwing money into the drain because you get nothing out of it. There is no reward. Our country is made for the extremely rich who are basically those people who were extremely poor and they went through all the dishonest shortcuts they could find to become rich. That is 99.9% .9 of our elites. So the extremely uh, poor people, we could say, and the extremely rich are actually more privileged in our country than the middle class. The middle class has been crushed for decades. And as we all know, if the middle class of any society is crushed, that society is doomed. And that is why Pakistan is essentially doomed. Because, um, mind you, there is no real concept of homelessness in our country because people are not homeless. The poor people actually, in certain ways, are richer than the salary man because they are landowners in the remote areas that they come from, the villages, the mountains, wherever they are, they actually are landowners. And anytime they wish to sell their land, they can become millionaires and billionaires instantly. Number two, um, they will never sleep hungry. There is no concept of that. Although our government, our U.S. imported government is definitely looking into that. So we will, we are now having people who will sleep without food and people who will be homeless. They have already, st I think um, within one week of being transported into our government, these U.S. dogs, that we call our government. Within one week, they have managed to render a lot of people homeless and a lot of people hungry. And 
they have managed to single-handedly destroy our industrial sector within just one week. And how did they destroy our industrial sector? Mainly due to power shortage. The fact that we are not getting any power supply and the shortfall is five times more than it ever was in the past three years. This is the trademark of the Sharif family. Whenever they come, or whenever Zardari and his family come, that there are two things you will always expect. Shortage of power supply, shortage of water, shortage of uh, utilities, basically. Okay, so put them all, jumble them all up into one thing. And a wreckage of the industrial sector. These two things will always happen. Next, you know that you're living in this country because Gamade, the driver, the blue collar employee, the skilled people, the laborers, they earn more than an average teacher of an average private school does. Okay? We're not talking about the big multinational or international or national level private schools. No, no, no. We're talking about your average private school. Even today, our teachers learn, they earn less than our laborers and our maids, our servants, our drivers. Sometimes they earn as much. So after spending millions and millions of rupees, sometimes even going abroad and spending billions and then coming back, in all, all, all that in education, you come back to nothing because essentially you're earning even less than your own maid. Now, one of the things that our government excels in is they will raise the expenditure. And so you are obliged to raise the pay of your servants and the blue collar employees and the laborers and the skilled workers Whereas you, the salary man, still have the same salary that you had 15 years ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years ago. Your salary has not changed, but the rate of everyone and everything around you has changed. That is the best and shortest way to destroy a country. And as I said, our U.S. imported government has always excelled in that. And that is why the U.S. and the U.K. prefer that they stay as our government through illegal or illegal means. Because it's in their national interests that we never develop and we never progress. You know that you're living in Pakistan or India or Bangladesh when there is no real law and order. There is no law and order. This is why anybody can get away with anything. 
Who's going to sue them? Where's the fear of the government? Where is the fear of the justice system? Where is the fear of, you know, justice? There's nothing. So you get away with everything. So we keep telling our youth and our people that, you know, oh, invest in yourself, invest in yourself. But the truth is, if they invest in themselves, then the, you know what the next thing we would tell them? Now, go anywhere else. Leave this country and look for an opportunity because there is none here. There are no opportunities here for the middle class or for the educated. The opportunities here are only for the elite and the allegedly poor people of this country. Because the only thing that pays here is dishonesty. In other words, shortcuts. In other words, references and bribery. So you are literally wasting billions in gaining something that you will never be able to reap the reward of. Here is an example. In any civilized society, when you have achieved so much in education, in terms of education as well as in terms of profession, and you know, after 10, 20 years of experience, you think that, okay, so now, you know, I have earned the right to increase my value, you know, as a professional. But in our country, once you've spent 20, 30 years reaching to the top, people want your services because you're the best and you're an expert. But they want it for three times less than an inexperienced professional in your field. So basically, this country has no respect for the professional for the expert of the field. Everybody wants to earn as much money as they can, but nobody wants to pay the other person what they're worth. This is also another major reason for our country never making progress ever. Because there is no reward for hard work. And I don't see any in the next 50 years. Are, you know you're a desi when you will always put down an honest person. You will slander that person, you will defame that person, you will call them names, you will practically make up lies. And everybody knows that it, these are lies, but everybody will want to believe your lies because in our country, lying is breathing so you know you're a desi when the first thing that comes out of your mouth is a lie because you just don't know how to tell the truth without thinking just without thinking 
you know, you're wired that way. You open up your mouth and a lie comes out. Even if it is for something as small as, you know, did I pick that thing up or did I drop that thing? Did I get my stuff or did I leave my stuff? Even for something as small as that, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is a lie. So you know you're a desi when you lie. And you know you're a desi when you believe lies because it's so difficult for you to digest the truth. And you will keep on and on and on defending your lies. And and you actually enjoy uh, insulting other people while fabricating stories about them to their faces. You know you're a desi when you enjoy hurting other people, both mentally, emotionally, uh, as well as physically, financially. As long as you have hurt somebody, you feel like you are the king of the universe. Oh yes, you've done something. It is a sense of national pride, you know. And you know you're a desi when you cannot see somebody happy but you can also not see that person unhappy so you cannot see that person happy healthy wealthy and you can also not see them when they're struck down with misery but you don't want to do anything for them no 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 that will never happen that will never happen So, you will never leave them alone. If they're having a good time, you will never leave them alone. If they're having a bad time, you'll never leave them alone. And this is in the negative sense, not in the positive sense. It's not like you're there for them. No, no. You will never leave them alone, as in you will never stop battering them. You will never be happy that they are happy, and you will, you will, you know, have a sense of... Uh, you will never be happy that they're unhappy because mainly you're too scared that they might come to you and ask for help. That is it, basically. So, yep, these are some of the main ways through which you can identify yourself as a desi. And uh, and one of the most, a very major um, aspect of being a desi is you think patriotism if you think patriotism is uh, going after anybody and everybody that points out what is wrong with the country, uh, you're a desi. Because only a desi would think that patriotism is sticking up for all that is wrong in our country and not working hard for all that is right and not trying to fix what is wrong. So lashing out at people who point out what is wrong is not patriotism, contrary to the popular myth. Patriotism, in fact, is that you love your country so much that you cannot bear to see any flaws. And when you see those flaws, you have to fix them. A patriot's job or duty is to point out what is wrong with their country because they just cannot bear that their country should have these flaws. They want their country to be perfect. They want their country to be their pride. And they will do anything for it. A desi is not a patriot because a desi will never want to change anything. 
and they will always lash out at those who point out the things that are wrong. And a desi is somebody who thinks getting personal is having a sense of humor. Making personal jokes is being humorous. That tells you you're a desi. If you think making fun of somebody or something means you have a sense of humor, laughing at others. There was a time we used to say that desis have this quality where they could laugh at themselves as well. For a long time, I haven't seen that quality present itself. The only one I've seen is them poking fun at others and calling it a sense of humor. That's all I've seen. So, congratulations, Desis in our Desi land. If you can identify yourself with any one of these. Um, we're hoping, we're just hoping that our youth will be a little more universal in their approach. Because Islam is essentially a universal language for a reason. As I've talked about it in different ways and in different places, you know, one of the main things that God says is, that he will not compensate you or reward you for enduring a miserable situation. In fact, he will probably punish you for it, unless you really are helpless that you cannot get yourself out of it. And that the, one of the things that the angels that they will ask you when they come to take your souls as you dive in that miserable condition. Although this verse in the Quran specifically pertains to living in a land of invasion, but I think it, it, it sort of also gives you an idea of general, uh, you know, of the general rule of endurance of any uh, miserable situation. So the angels will literally ask you, what was wrong with you? What was your problem that you endured that and that you didn't do something about it? And that the person would in return and reply, the soul would say, but I was living in a land of invasion. And they would ask, was God's earth so small for you? Didn't you have any other place to go? Was it too small for you that you couldn't get out? So that is one way of understanding the universal aspect of Islam. In Islam, Nations are nations, but at the same time, they are not. Yes, you should have a sense of nation. That is only because you want to be able to identify yourself. That is why you have tribes and that is why you have families, so that you can have a place to call your own. But the whole world belongs to God. And you are essentially states and not nations. Which means, in order to look for a better life, in order to look for religious freedom, in order to look for social freedom, for financial gains, in order to make your life better in any and every aspect, we are constantly taught to leave 
our lands if needed to look for better prospects. Universality in Islam is also about the fact that we should think humanity, we should think global, we should think universal. So it's don't fixate on the, which is another thing that the Desis do. You know you're a Desi when you fixate on your age or the tribe you belong to or the ethnic group you belong to. Islam was the religion that brought about the first law of racism and discrimination, which is followed by the world now. And that directly contradicts our Desi pattern of, you know, taking too much pride in our tribes and our uh, ethnic groups and where we come from. In Islam, there is no place for that. In Islam, you're all the same. No one is superior to the other. There is no place for racism or discrimination, regardless of age, sex, or race. Because essentially, one thing that we keep forgetting is this world is temporary. So this world is essentially a dream, you can say, or an illusion. We're here temporarily and we have roles that we have to play. And how well we justify our roles, that is the main test. Because actually, the world that we come from, that world that we have to go back to to be judged first and foremost, in that world, we were already grown human beings, separate entities, individuals. Nobody was related to anybody. You understand? Nobody gave birth to anybody. Nobody married anybody. Nobody formed uh, relationships the way that we have done in this world. This is solely for this world. Yes, we have the option of retaining um, said relationships if we want to when we go back. That is an option that we will have um, if you want to stay with your family, if you want to stay with your whole clan, if you want to stay with your tribe, whatever. You have that option when you go back. But again, originally, we are not related to each other. We are full-grown human beings, fully developed individuals. So we need to remind ourselves that we are right now role-playing. And we need to understand that everything here is mutual. Give and take. It's not only take, you have to give in order to take. There must be a balance. Once the balance is tilted, the whole universe implodes. And this is why our universe is imploding, because we're no longer balanced. We haven't been balanced for a very, very long time, for centuries. We've been tilting it 
until the time will come when it will tilt to such an extent that everything will completely be thrown off. So we need to remember that. And my fellow Desis, especially, you need to remember that. That it's not about us. I think uh, Desis were probably the people who gave birth to the idea of narcissism. And I think it's time we kill it. Okay. Until next time, when I can think up more stuff about how you know you're a Desi and what it is that we have in our Desi land. Here is me signing off. Hold on,